Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you're on the way to a job in your Volkswagen Caddy, Crafter, Transporter or Amarok, you've obviously already invested in the best. So when it comes to servicing, keep giving it the best. At Volkswagen, we know your van like no one else. Our technicians will guarantee that your van is serviced to the highest standards using only Volkswagen genuine parts. You see, we're the experts. We don't just follow the manual. We wrote it. Caddy service €129. Euro. All other models €159. Euro. Prices XVAT. To find your nearest service centre and for full terms and conditions, visit volkswagenvans.ie. The Small Business Show on irishexaminer.com for a different view on Irish business. Hello and welcome to this week's Small Business Show here on irishexaminer.com. Coming up on this week's show, all of this week's news is here in just a moment, including double money for Irish fishermen. And is it time to start talking about all the good things going right in Irish business at the moment? Plus, coming up later in the show, the importance of words in selling your product and keeping customers. The marketing company that's hiring 20 people this year and the sports writing website that has a unique formula for success. And all of this is brought to you by Volkswagen Commercial Vehicles, where €149 will get you your vehicle service. Contact your local Volkswagen dealer for details. Terms and conditions do apply. But first to this week's news with Owen Dahl from Irish Business Intelligence and Brian Cleary, Clonmel Chamber CEO. And uh, we start this week with some, I suppose, some positive news for the fishing industry, Brian. That's right, Keelan. Ireland is set to receive €148 million from the EU over the next six years under the Common Fisheries Policy. Now, the new funding is more than double the amount Ireland received in the previous round of the Common Fisheries Policy. And it is understood that around 70 million of that fund will go towards sustainable development, marketing and processing for the seafood industry. Now, the industry contributes 700 million annually to the national income and employs around 11,000 people, mainly in coastal communities. Yeah, no, and we've covered this on the show a couple of times before. The fishing industry in Ireland has run into some difficulties. It's not seen as a, a great prospect at the moment, for, particularly for young people. Perhaps something like this would be perhaps a shot in the arm to, to get it going again. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's really interesting that the common fisheries policy has been, I suppose the figure has been almost doubled, I think, pretty much. And I'd say there's several reasons for that. Number one, we've heard regularly over the last year the challenges that the fisheries industry is facing, not least of all because of the weather that uh, it encountered or we all encountered earlier this year and towards the end of last year, which resulted in, I suppose, a lot of fishermen being completely out of action, uh, trawlers being tied up for months on end. So obviously the impact of that on their businesses was fairly significant. Um, another issue I suppose is the whole issues around quotas which um, having been at a wedding a couple of weeks ago where I was sitting beside a fisherman from Greencastle in Donegal it's certainly a, a major issue for them and, and it is coming to an end so hopefully that and 
this fairly significant increase in the in the actual funding in you know being being delivered to them should make an absolutely massive difference but that said i mean there's another fact in all of this which is that it has to be a sustainable industry it has to be marketed it has to be marketed well and we've seen a lot of different initiatives taking place over the last few years regarding um, I suppose, agri-food in general and the prospect of our food industries internationally. And perhaps that's something that needs to be interwoven into this this particular funding and, and indeed the strategy for how it's going to be used. So definitely very welcome, very much in need, and uh, hopefully it will deliver the outcomes that the industry itself needs. Yeah, and uh, Brian, Owen kind of touched on it there. Perhaps what's really needed is the right for Irish fishermen to perhaps free to to fish more freely in our own waters. I mean, we open up our waters to other European countries, and yet our own Irish fishermen don't seem to be able to fish as much as our European neighbours in our own waters. Perhaps that's the key to this issue, rather than uh, handing out money to help the industry. Yeah, this is a very contentious issue. If you look at what happened in Kilmore Quay there, I think it was last year, where they actually dumped fish uh, in protest at this very issue. You know, this is a, a real live issue. And somehow, I don't think 148 million of EU funding is going to pacify those people because that's not necessarily 148 million divided between the 11,000 and shoved through their letterbox. Mm. These people take on a very, very arduous task it's a, it's a job that I wouldn't take for love or money. And I know people who do it because I grew up not too far from Kilmore Key in County Wexford. And it really is, it's a very, very difficult life for those who are out at sea, but also then for the families. Uh, and there's a huge amount of variables that can affect the success of a year and so on. And one of the issues we've spoken about in this program before, um, I think when we spoke about procurement, we spoke about sometimes... We're too willing here in Ireland to engage with the very letter of the law in Europe, whereas other European countries play hard and fast with the rules. And maybe we're too goody-goody. And in procurement, you know, we've talked about how exam papers are printed outside the state because of the most economically advantageous tender. And I think in this case, I think we really need to up our game and say, look, not quite be protectionist about it, but maybe be a little bit smarter about it and treat the industry with the respect it deserves. Because last week when, when Avine and myself and yourself spoke about the food industry, we talked about how it's on the up. And fish plays into that massively, especially because you know we're um, surrounded by water, we're uh, famed for our food around the world, and fish plays very, very seriously into that. And what we need is a sustainable, but also a progressive fisheries industry. And I think somehow we possibly need to be a bit smarter ourselves with the rules and maybe not be looking for a pat on the head to be the best boy in the class, but to actually get out there and and be a bit more dynamic in that area and allow people to do the job that they want to do. Mm, Absolutely, yeah. And uh, not look for a pat on the back or a pat on the head, as Brian said. Uh, But we did get a pat on the head uh, this week because uh, we're apparently some of the top entrepreneurs or one of the top countries for entrepreneurs in Europe, Brian. Apparently so. We're now the second most entrepreneurial of the top 15 countries in Europe, according to the 2013 GEM report, with increasing numbers of people, especially women, starting new businesses from scratch. Some 32,000 people started new businesses in Ireland in 2013, and one in every 11 adults in the country is engaged in some form of early stage entrepreneurial activity. And that's according to the Global Entrepreneurship Monitor, otherwise known as GEM report. The report has found that the gender gap has narrowed and it's not because less men were early stage entrepreneurs as was the case in 2012. Yeah, and Owen, uh, interesting story here. I know uh, women in business is of course uh, right down your street. You're very passionate about it. What did you make of a report like this? 
I have to say, I haven't had time to digest the entire report, which is uh, heading into double figures in terms of the amount mm-hmm. of pages you have to get through. But this synopsis does definitely give plenty of food for thought. I, of course, was absolutely delighted to see that the gender ratio has dropped. I mean, last year's GEM report, which covered the period of, I think it was 2002 or 2003, up until last year, uh, beginning of last year, showed that it was two to one. So there has been quite a significant increase in the amount of women starting businesses. I would credit a lot of those changes changes down to the fact that this report and other previous reports kind of refocus government policy. Now, there's still a lot more to be done. And I know Brian will probably talk a lot about, you know, the actual climate itself for entrepreneurs. I mean, policy is great and supports are great, but the long term is, is really what's also very important, important in all of this. I thought it was notable to see that 85 percent of of people interviewed for this whole process for the GEM report said that they expected to become employers, which is a really good sign. I think that sort of testifies to the improved um, Mm. climate for entrepreneurs, but also the fact that there is a sort of a sense that the future is looking a lot brighter than it might have done. I think it's it's noteworthy that at the moment we're seeing a national push for this young entrepreneur um, youth entrepreneurship, should I say, mm. uh, which is being run through the Leos. And I, I actually would be a big fan of that notion because I think our young people are the ones who are potentially either from the ages of while they're still in school the whole way through university, they are the potential entrepreneurs we need to be, I suppose, engendering excitement about the future and, and getting them to think about uh, entrepreneurship as a real career. Mm, absolutely. And we, uh, we've covered that uh, a couple of times in the past uh, year on this show, the Student Enterprise Awards as well that happened in Croke Park, uh, featured that on the show too. Very interesting stuff, very innovative young people as well. And Brian, if we look at these statistics again, I mean, 32,000 people starting new businesses in Ireland in 2013. We are really producing one of the top entrepreneurial, I suppose, societies in, in Europe. Well, we are because, you know, firstly, necessity is the mother of invention or is it mother of, the, of invention is the necessity or something. Uh, we really are because a lot of it is down to the fact that people have looked at the situation they're in and we've got a, a huge tranche of people in this country who have construction-related skills and that sector isn't looking like it's going to turn around anytime soon. So I think that has, I suppose, led to a number of people just taking the bull by the horns. But yeah, I'll give you a classic example. One of our members... Uh, a new company just joined last year, um, are in the custom embroidery t- business. That's what they do. And Alan, who, ran, uh, who runs custom embroidery, his, his business, uh, he previously worked in construction on a building site, but he went off and he retrained. So people are actually you know, thinking outside the box now, and I suppose it comes back to what I've said before. The siege, men- siege mentality era is almost over. There's a lot of people now just saying, look, something's going to be done, we're going to do it, and... I think there's a market in this town for X, Y, or Z. And I was at a meeting yesterday of all the CEOs of the chambers from around the country, and that's the general consensus. They're seeing new businesses come into the chamber on a daily basis, and, excuse me, they're seeing new businesses come into the chamber on a daily basis who are looking at doing new things, who've gone off and they've been educated as part of maybe springboard courses or momentum or something like that, and they've used the... I suppose the opportunities and the facilities that have been laid open for them to go off and retrain. And it's fantastic because we're never going to get back to that construction boom. And I don't think we'd ever really want to go back to that. But there are still massive markets out there in Ireland that we're not touching, particularly on the international side. We've got a great reputation as a country. Mm -hmm. So maybe we should use that more often. But yeah, I think things are definitely picking up. And that's a very positive figure. I mean, 32,000 people uh, over the course of a year. That means my math isn't great, about 600 and something a week. Mm. That's great. 
Mm, absolutely, yeah. And Owen, just as a, a, a little bit of an add-on to that, just to touch on what Brian was saying there, you know, for the past number of years, we've, I suppose, begged the question, particularly on this show as well, uh, about asking the question of where it all went wrong. But now perhaps is it time to ask, you know, where is it all going right? I do think that a recession, dare I say, and I, I hope I'm not going to be shot down <laughs> by people listening to this for saying this, but recession does bring about some creativity and entrepreneurial spirit in people because they have to they don't have a choice there maybe isn't a big company in the area they're living in or if there is it may not be taking on new people so you know i think it does force people to think about things differently in addition and again brian made a very good example of this and there are several others many of whom have been on dragon's den recently and various other type programs who have found themselves out out the back of the recession in a situation where perhaps the type of profession they were in, for example, a lot of people in construction, um, you know, is just not employing. They don't see any change in that. So they've maybe followed something that's been an inspiration or or a, a genuine love they have, a particular interest they have, and, and qualified themselves in that area and gone on to set up a business in that particular sector. So I do think that, you know, in general, I think this GEM report bears out the fact that entrepreneurial activity is is increasing. It's increasing steadily. We need more people starting businesses, as the ministers referred to in this piece. But but in general, in general, it's on the it's on the improve. It's improving all the time. I think sustainability is the next thing we need to look at because it's fine having people starting businesses, but we need to create the right kind of climate. Chambers are great for for lobbying on this behalf to ensure those businesses can continue on into the future and to employ and grow. Mm, absolutely. Can, can I can I just come in yeah, on one final point just to pick up on something that Alwyn said. One of the big issues that I think we've had in this country uh, over generations has been our education system. I'm very, very positive about the education system, very passionate about it. I'm a former teacher. But I think for too long we trained people to work in companies, coming back to Oliver's point. And if we can take a positive out of everything that's happened in the last few years, I think if more and more people see members of their family, their parents, uh, friends, neighbours, relations – setting up and being successful, it may spur them on to do something as well. Whereas I think the education system needs, maybe, I know you can't teach entrepreneurship, but you can instill values that will make it more amenable. And I think that's mm. where the education system needs to needs to improve to help us there. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, Owen talked about uh, expanding and uh, diversifying and uh, making sure that the Irish economy is uh, sustainable going forward in the future. And part of that, of course, is uh, making sure that we are open to a global audience. And uh, our next story, I suppose, covers that as well, Brian. Five million euros for e-commerce vouchers. I won't say no to it. Yeah, the Irish government is rolling out a trading online voucher scheme to enable small companies to embrace the digital economy. Now, the scheme has the voluntary support of companies such as Google, Relex, PayPal, Unpost, and Facebook. Now, the trading online voucher scheme is designed to help small companies access opportunities open to them through trading online. Now, this is going to help companies across the country so that they can access new markets, create new jobs, and grow their businesses. Under the scheme, vouchers of up to €2,500 will be available to businesses who can demonstrate that they have a credible plan for trading online. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you can find them at your local enterprise office or the uh, county enterprise boards, as they used to be known as well. Uh, that's where you can find out more information and indeed apply for them as well. And Alwyn, uh, we've touched on this uh, before that not enough businesses perhaps look online in order to, uh, I suppose, progress their business. And this is something that uh, should be able to get people on that kind of ladder. 
for me, I think it's just absolutely crazy. If you don't have a presence online and more particularly if you have a product or a service offering that could be very easily replicated or sold online or you could reach new markets very, very quickly uh, with your product or service online, then you just need to be there. I mean, a really interesting stat on all of this is the fact that something I think was 70% of product choices available to Irish consumers were overseas companies when this getting Irish business online thing was released a few years ago. And that that was a spend of about four billion euro that Irish businesses were missing out on. So I think this particular scheme is something that is going to hopefully accelerate the usage SMEs make of the online space. I cannot stress it enough. Even if even if your service is not something that you're selling online, for goodness sake, make sure you have a presence up there because it is basically the directory that everybody goes to now to find out about you. So, but more especially if you're selling a product, you're missing out on huge market share and it isn't that difficult to get online. It really isn't. Yeah, and that's, that's the key here, isn't it, Brian? I mean, if these kind of schemes are to succeed, small businesses have to take them up. They have to go get them. It's, it's quite obvious. We have, a, we have a limited population that can actually drive to our physical locations uh, because we're on an island, whereas we don't have the landmass of continental Europe. So people aren't going to drive eight, 900 miles to pick up something from you that they really want to buy. So to sell online is a no-brainer for this country. It's a leveller. You know, you can make your companies look, look as good as Coca-Cola with a very cost-effective website. And I think people need to realise it's a lot easier than they, they make it out to be and it, it's not... Uh, a road that's fraught with danger for them to travel down. It's very, very simple. And to sell online, it's like having your shop open 24-7. And there are systems in place to make it so, so much easier. And I really, really welcome what the Leos are doing here. And it's a good start for the Leos as well. And I do hope there's great take up on it because, because especially with the, the differential between euro and sterling at the moment, a lot of our members that sell online are selling a lot of stuff into the UK because it's much cheaper for UK customers to buy it. And the Irish businesses here are selling it at the same price they've always sold it at. So they're taking advantage of that situation. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And that's it for this week's news. My thanks to Owen Daw from Irish Business Intelligence and Clonmel Chamber CEO Brian Cleary for this week's comments and opinions on this week's news. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.